Welcome to Blue by 90. On this episode, we talk about some Michigan news about basketball and football. Then we came up with a new format with each corresponding down corresponding to a new topic. So first down, second down, third down, and so forth. So first down, we talk about what sports moment made you fall in love with sports. Then second down, a recruiting violations mentioned in the Dan Patrick show. Third down, should Nico Collins wear number one? Fourth down, name ideas for Harbaugh's restaurant. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for zero to ninety. Thanks and enjoy the show. This is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! And they caught extra pass. And it goes for the win. The three pointer by Jordan Poole down the sideline. Peoples Jones touchdown. Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. We are three dudes who talk maize and blue. I'm Kalen, joined by Ro and Jack. Guys, how we doing? Doing great, sir. How are you? Awesome. Doing pretty well over here. Sweet. I'm glad to see everyone's got their mics set up, working. You both sound great. This might be a first. So I'm glad to see it, guys. It's a first. I stole Heather's laptop. Got the uh, headphones plugged into the mic. Now it all is good, so I just have to be able to steal it every time. <laughs> I'm just going to start got, hiding it from her. I've got a new mic. I, I think people might have seen it last week, but um, it's it's golden. I feel like it's a trophy almost. I, I, not that we've won any awards or will ever win any awards, but if, <laughs> if, we ever, if we never win anything, this is what we have, folks. What a power yeah. move. Honestly, buying a trophy before you ever even record a podcast. I mean, come on now. Well, I was going to say last episode, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm carrying I'm carrying the the podcast. And now I got a gold microphone (laughs) trophy. What an asshole. All of a sudden I go without being read two weeks in a row. And my ego is like, I can't fit my head through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm glad to have you guys on. Uh, you see any kind of just loose sports news here? I mean, MLB coming back, NBA coming back. You know, I saw a little bit of stuff floating around out there. You guys know any more? NBA, right? July 22nd? Does that sound right? Something around there, I think. we're. I feel like we're getting close. What? That's almost a month away still, but... Um... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on with those players, too. It seems like Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play. There's you know, some guys with him. Some guys are like, why is he talking for us? I don't know. It seems like with the professional athletes, like these guys, you know, obviously they speak for themselves and with the agents and everything. It's different than college athletics. But um, still, I think it's just it's going to be difficult even with these guys quarantined essentially at Disney World. You know, it's just going to be so difficult with you know what happens if people test positive you know things all 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 things of that nature well i was gonna say at least they can worry about that i feel like the mlb is just a mess like they can't figure anything out like people apparently like the owners aren't agreeing with what the players want and whatnot like i don't don't think there's gonna be a season man yeah i heard something about 48 games but then i heard uh something with mike trout going like i'm not playing if i can't be by my family because i just had a new kid all kinds of stuff going on um so i'm like i'm with you jack i'm like i have no idea if this is even going to come to fruition 
which to me is crazy because if they would have started the season a month ago, that's all anybody would have been watching all quarantine, right? Like everyone would have been gambling on uh, MLB. It would have been on every single night. Like they could have owned this three month stretch here, which never happens. And so I don't understand like, it's there's got to be something behind the scenes with these owners and the MLBPA and the players. I think they hate each other. That's what, at least what it looks like on the surface. Um, and, and it seems like a lot of the owners just don't care if there's a season or not, which I, I understand they're billionaires and they have other business businesses and stuff, but come on, man, you, you gotta be interested in something you own. Yeah, you would think so, but Evidently, they can't get it together, uh, or they're trying to get it together. So, I we just, just want to see sports. Some, yeah, I just want to see some sports. Can we do something, please? Just want to watch sports and drink beer. Now that bars <laughs> are open, bars are open. I can sit down and watch some replays. That's that's the next thing. That's all I need. Live sports. It is, it is kind of weird to go to a bar and there's nothing on TV. Like most of the bars that I go to are sports bars, right? And like the other night, I think. Um, Jacqueline and I went to a bar and we were watching like the 2004 home run derby. And I'm like, this is, and we were very interested still just because we're so thirsty for sports at this point. But I'm like, if, if literally anything else was on, we'd be watching it, but it is different. It's like just weird to go to a bar without a game on. Cause there usually is just always something on. Yeah. Someone was telling me to watch a uh, Korean baseball or something. <laughs> They got stuffed animals in the stands, man. <laughs> I, I swear, they've got like the stadiums are packed with, with stuffed animals. It's insane. Hey, uh, Dixon Machado is one of like the top players in that Korean baseball league. He he used to be a prospect for the Tigers. So, um, I mean, there's there's some names over there, but that's how thirsty people were for sports. Like, just let me bet on one single game. I'll, it'll be it can be Korean baseball or cricket. I don't even care. Just give me something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to some Michigan news, right? Actually, a fair amount of Michigan news happened in this past couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to maybe butcher the name here. Uh, Nogel Eastern. I think that's his name. Noel? Nogel? I, I would say Noel because maybe it's a silent J. I have no idea, but we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. Eastern. Eastern. Mr. <laughs> Eastern. <laughs> Mr. Eastern. I like that. That's classy. <laughs> Uh, Ro, tell us a little bit about the situation with Mr. Eastern. Well, it sounds like, um, so the University of Michigan, he basically, what was it, two weeks ago now, three weeks ago, he kind of just announced on his own that he was transferring from Purdue to Michigan, and there was no announcement from Michigan, any social media, um, anything like that, no announcement from Michigan, no acknowledgement of it. Um, everyone was very excited. He's been, He was a solid player for Purdue Great defender, not that great on offense, but um, he, he was an NBA prospect. He was in the draft at one point and then pulled back um, and, and went back to Purdue last year. But um, it sounds like a lot of his credits didn't transfer um, into uh, from Purdue to Michigan, so he wasn't accepted. Um, I saw something like he needed or like 49 of his 82 credits that he had uh, gotten at Purdue um, those that's, that's all that transferred. And so he was, um, going to have to make up 24 credits by November in, in a, 
in order for him to play, um, which is nearly impossible, right? I don't, they don't even have classes going, so I don't know how that would work. Um, and so I, it, it's a weird situation. I think that it sounds like we might have dodged a bullet maybe because him and his mom are a little off the charts. Um, and, and so it's just kind of odd for somebody to announce a transfer and then for this all to happen. But that was kind of the, the summation of what, what went on here. Hmm. That's interesting, especially because, you know, during a transfer, um, my understanding is that like they have compliance officers and things like that that are supposed to negotiate those credits. So it kind of sounds like someone dropped the ball. Yeah, I think that from what I've heard is that Juwan did everything he could to get this guy into Michigan. And then it was something about his major. Michigan doesn't have the major that he was pursuing at Purdue. So that's why he struggled to get those credits in. But from the sounds of it, the person that dropped the ball was himself. He just kind of came in and announced. And although Michigan would love to have him, Juwan would love to have him. There's still an academic part to being a student athlete. And so he didn't fulfill those requirements. And unfortunately, you know, that's his hands are tied. Um, I did hear that Schlissel was in on it the whole time, kind of, you know, working with them, trying to figure it out. But um, the academic integrity of the University of Michigan is pretty high. I think we all know that. And so um, they don't just kind of – there are some schools out there that will let anybody in, right, um, not to name names or anybody or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that they Michigan held up their integrity um, to make sure that they you know have that standard for their student-athletes. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, that being said, I mean, we, we hope Mr. Eastern finds a, uh, a great place to land, right? Uh, but moving on in topics, uh, still in regards to basketball, um, it looked like they finally announced some of the numbers for the freshmen, correct? Yeah. Yep. Jack, what do you think about that? I love it. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to know. I mean, that's kind of like there's nothing going on. I might as well figure out who's got what number, right? Um, so they've got Hunter Dickinson's wearing number one. Big guy getting number one. I like that. I love uh, that a lot. Yeah, that's sweet. Jace Howard's wearing number 10. I know I told you guys I I think it'd be cool if he were number 25, just like his dad did, but maybe that means Jet Howard could be coming to Michigan. He'll get number 25. Total speculation, but uh, that'd be great. Um, Zeb Jackson, I think he's sticking with number three. I think that's what he had in high school. And Terrence Williams, I believe, the same thing. He's number five, which I believe he had in high school. And then uh, Adrian Nunez switched to number zero. So the Julius left. Uh, number zero was available, and Nunez took that. And then um, Mike Smith, who transferred from Columbia, uh, he'll wear number 12. A very interesting part of this whole situation, uh, like we kind of talked about with um, Mr. Eastern, um, they didn't announce a number for Chandi Brown. Hmm. Another thing, like they never announced his official transfer to Michigan. You know, it's kind of like he came out and said he was coming. Um, so no number announcement for him, which is interesting. That is interesting. I have no idea what to make of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, got, I, I have nothing to make of it, but I thought that was an interesting thing. Like maybe, you know, hopefully the same thing doesn't happen to him, which I, I don't think it will. Cause he's, he's a grad transfer. He's not straight up transferring. Um, but I just thought that was something to point out. Do you guys like those numbers? I love, I love five, um, Jalen Rose, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so five for Terrence Williams, pretty dope. And then, 
Um, number three for Zeb Jackson. Let's keep the number three train going for stud point guards at the University of Michigan, right? We've had how many in a row? Um, I know Derek Walton was in there as well, but um, you know Trey Burke and Xavier Simpson, absolute studs for us. I, and so, going to keep that train rolling. I'm wondering though, like, does that number get retired at some point? I I mean, I don't know. Trey Burke was national player of the year. Xavier Simpson, you know, had a, had a great career. I kind of thought that they might stop using it so that they could maybe retire it, but it sounds like um, they won't. So maybe they will in the future at some point, but also Jalen Rose's number five is not, uh, is not retired either. And we talked about the fab five banners last week too, but um, still kind of just like interesting things there um, with some history in those numbers. Honestly, I could I kind of would have liked to see Zeb Jackson were number five, kind of similar build to Jalen Rose when he was in college, lefty. Um, I thought that could have been cool. I just thought of that right now, but I think that could have been that could have been nice. I do. I sorry. I I I do love number one on the big boy, seven foot two, Hunter Dickinson. Like he's gonna look gigantic in that uniform with just. His uh, thankfully he has a long last name because our the names on the Jordan jerseys are small, but the number one on there is going to look pretty interesting. Dude, so. the number one is going to be like massive. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what I love about that group of numbers. Um, okay, but moving on a little bit here, um, I saw some news about some football players contracting coronavirus, um, or maybe I should maybe we should clean this up. Two football players tested positive, but were asymptomatic. Does that sound right? Yep. Yep. So what does that mean for our program? I mean, honestly, we all I feel like we all kind of expected people were going to test positive when they came back. But two out of 221, I think, was the number. That's great. As long as we can keep it there and we isolate those people away from everybody else until they're, you know, cleaned up. Um but, yeah, I mean, we saw, what, five at Oklahoma State or Alabama or wherever it was. I think we're going to see it all over the country when the students come back. Um, but two out of 220, that's less than 1%. Yeah, I think so. I think the number that Texas, the University of Texas had was like they have 15 guys quarantined right now. So I think we're in good shape. And with them not being or with them being asymptomatic, too, um, this was I, in my mind, really good news. Honestly, um, I think, like you said, Jack, with 221 guys coming back from all over the country and the world, I would have expected more just because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people have had it that have been asymptomatic. So um, I think this was good news for, for the University of Michigan, especially just the football players. Um, and it sounded like they handled it really well as far as Ward Manuel and uh, President Schlissel. Um, he said that they weren't going to quarantine these people. There are these players in um, a hotel room like some other place, places did. I think Ohio State might have said that they were going to quarantine their guys in a hotel room. Um like all football players just to keep them separate. Um, so I think they, they want to keep them as much as normal students as possible, which I think is good. Um, although, you know, you never know what's going to happen when, you know, if things start spreading, but I think it all in all, it's good news. Right. Right. So let's hope that the numbers don't increase. And in fact, they decrease so that we can 
you know, get down to it. I think uh, uh, practices can start too. Is that right? Next week? Yeah. Yep. I think voluntary workouts started this week is actually, okay. um, and, and then they're going to keep uh, progressing to more and more as we go. Okay. All right. Well, what do you guys say we get down to our main topics here? Um, we kind of are looking at a different format here where we just do each topic as if it was like a down on a football field. So first, second, third, fourth, and we'll just go through our topics. Does that sound good? Great. Yep. All right. Awesome. So our first down topic, what sports moment made you fall in love with sports? That's a big question. Ro, it sounds like you've been thinking about this because this is your contribution here. So what do you got? Yeah, I I had a conversation while I was back home with my dad the other day, and his moment was he actually went to the 1984 uh, World Series uh, game five when the Tigers won the World Series. So he ran on the field like there was riots in the street. It was craziness. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that's when he fell in love with sports, but he was just talking about how iconic of a moment that was for him um, in his lifetime for sports. Um, so it got me to thinking like, what, what made me fall in love with sports? And I actually called him today and, and started talking about some of the stuff we, uh, you know, experienced together. And the big one, um, kind of really where I started is high school football. I was the ball boy when I was little for our high school football team. Um, not when I was in high school, when I was <laughs> that's, that's what I thought you were going to say. And I was trying like not to laugh. I was like, oh, you know, it's all okay. right, all right. Not everybody's it's that right. athletic. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was a little kid, not in high school yet, I was the ball boy for our high school football team. <laughs> that reminds me of what's the, uh, um, the quote they're like, yeah, remember when we played JV basketball? Yeah, senior year. Yeah, <laughs> what is that's from a what movie is that? Oh my uh, god, it's guess, Jason Sudeikis, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember which one it is. Crap. Uh, but <laughs> all right, let's all right. <laughs> Bro, uh, Rose and Ice getting out of his race car bed, going to be a ball boy for the football team. <laughs> We really set me up here to look like a giant loser. This, this is unfair. It's really unfair. Quality content here. Anyway, when you were a ball boy in high school. <laughs> all right. All right. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. All right. When I was a ball boy in high school. <laughs> when I was a ball boy. For... <laughs> Uh, I don't have this marked off either. We got to leave this in. Oh, my God. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I was a ball boy for the high school football team at Hudsonville High School while I was younger than in high school. <laughs> and uh, we went to the state finals that year. And I just remember, like, that That was like my – I had played football when I was, you know, all throughout. I think I started playing football in third grade. But that was when I was like – I mean, those guys, they might as well have been on ESPN and like in the NFL, you know, to me at that point. And so I was just like in the huddle, like on the sideline. It was unbelievable. And, and to go like to Ford Field, we we went to Ford Field, played on that field. Like it, it's a giant stadium, you know, all those fans. It was unbelievable. Like that's when I really 
fell in love with like just the the camaraderie of sports and the competitiveness and all that stuff. And I know you guys played uh, high school sports too, so you you know you felt it as well. So um, it, that was really the back in the day. I I was trying to think of a a moment like like a big big sports moment. Um, and I think going back to like the 2004 Pistons too. Um, like those teams when Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Tayshawn, Chauncey Billups, uh, Rip Hamilton, like in, in those, like they had the attitude, not really of the bad boys, but kind of where it was like all defense. They were anti really the rest of the NBA. Um, it was them against Kobe and Shaq on the Lakers. Like those, those teams where it was just like, I'm going to like, get in your face and beat you like right in your face made me so hyped and and so pumped up and like just w- maybe want to go out there and compete myself yeah and i um like i'm i'm with you as far as i mean obviously when you know you were you said you were a ball boy when you were younger watching the high school team play that you ended up i'm, I'm assuming you ended up going to that high school right you played yeah. there yeah so yep. um I'm sure Kalen remembers this, but Zach Putnam, he was a big, big star at Pioneer. And uh, me and my dad would go watch him play at Pioneer. And it was like, you know, I would I would rather go to that than, you know, watch like a Tigers game or something. Like Zach Putnam was just like such an idol to me. I'm like a really, really cool, um, really cool pitcher and athlete, just all around great baseball player to watch. And he was in my hometown. So that was really cool. But um, I think for me, and honestly, I don't really feel this way about baseball now, but they always used to have the Cubs on WGN, always had the Braves on TBS, always had the Tigers on Fox Sports Detroit. Um, and that was when the Braves had Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and the Cubs were just, you know, um, Sammy Sosa was on the Cubs and, you know, all that. And then, um, you know, the, the big names that were on those teams and it was just something that my dad and I were able to bond over and we just watched baseball all day long. And um, but, yeah, I can't really bring it back to a one single moment. But it was definitely the early, early 2000s, once I really understood kind of what was going on, um, where I was just like, man, this is just, you know, I don't know how I'd be able to live a life without sports, which we're doing right now, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, and I know kalen has got some interesting stuff about just like when Detroit sports were great. So I'll let you get into that. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys both, it sounds like people in our kind of age group, that's the era where we became like aware of how great sports were. And we just happened to be in an area where our sports teams were great in that era, right? So, I mean, I remember um, maybe 2001, might have been 2002, uh, even the Red Wings were awesome back then, right? Uh, Steve Eiserman, Shanahan, Hull, uh, Dominic Hasek, all those guys. Um, and then... The one memory that sticks out to me, I think it was 2005, um, the All-Star game for MLB came to Detroit, and my dad somehow got tickets to the Home Run Derby. So we like went to the Home Run Derby, and we had like a couple pictures of like the scoreboard from like when Pudge was up to bat, and like uh, um, when Big Poppy was up to bat, and stuff like that. Just that whole era of sports for me really means a lot. And when I think back to those times, I'm like, damn, man, I just fuck, I love this. Um, and then the other one would be in Jack's apartment watching Jordan Lewis get that highlight pick. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I thought what I thought you were going to bring up was possibly the tigers. I think it was 2006, but I remember exactly where I was when Maglio Ordonez hit that walk off to send us to the world series. I was over at my buddy's house. Do you remember Matt Grizzly, Kalen? Yeah. 
Yep. I was over at his house. Uh, I think it was him and Peyton Carlson. We were just like hanging out. One of them was watching the game. And I remember Maglio, I think, hit two deep foul balls that he thought were going to be the walk-off home run before. And uh, the third time when he actually finally did it, we're like, ah, yeah, whatever. You, you said that last time. And then we see him rounding the bases and we watch a replay. And I'm like, I will never forget where I was at that moment. <laughs> That's awesome. I do, I do feel like we were blessed, honestly, with Detroit sports, especially with looking at where they're at now. Like growing up, you know the the or the Pistons and the Red Wings. I mean, the Red Wings were always good, always good, right? The Pistons were unbelievable. Outside of the Lions, I mean, Barry Sanders, but like the Lions were probably the the downer. Yeah. Um, and then the Red Wing or the Tigers, I mean, really took off, you know, probably like, like you said, 2006 was really when it happened. I remember though, even when they were terrible, we like, even the, I think I went to a game the year they lost 119 games and I went to one game and that one game, Brandon Inge hit a walk-off grand slam. And I was like, what are the chances? This is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Who was, so, uh... I think. Or I was going to say, who, who was your guy's tiger? Brandon Inge. That was my guy. I love oh, Brandon, Brandon Inge. Inge. I was, yes, 100% Brandon Inge guy. I mean, Pudge, too. I was always number seven for Pudge, but before uh, Pudge came along, Brandon Inge was the man. Yeah, I was a Curtis Granderson guy. That was my oh, guy. Oh, Grandy. The Grandy man. Yeah. Yeah. God. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic now that we're all bathed in nostalgia. <laughs> uh, okay. Second down. On the Dan Patrick show, a caller uh, came in and he was reporting some illegal recruiting practices uh, in the SEC, I believe. Um, Roke, maybe you have a better summary than I do here. Can you walk us through some of this? Yeah, so if you haven't seen the clip, um, I would go check out Dan Patrick's show on either YouTube or th they also tweeted this clip. But it's a five-minute clip of a... An, uh, an anonymous caller, really, that called in and he says that he is a former SEC punter and he was just kind of giving some insight on, uh, it, it, we, he didn't say when it happened, but he sounded a little bit older. So I think it was happening a, uh, a decent amount of time ago. Um, but he was just kind of giving some insight on what really goes on behind the scenes um with recruiting and with money and trying to trying to you know bribe these kids to come to schools and as a punter he even said that he um he was gifted a tahoe to oh, that's right. go to yeah. where he went he didn't reveal where he went to school um, but he said even as a punter i was given a tahoe tahoe and he said he didn't take it you know, I would say that too if I was on the radio. Um, but um, he was saying that he said the the even like women's basketball teams um, were getting uh, money to go to uh, to schools. Um, and the big thing that really stood out to me was how he said that these agents and the coaches classified teams was um, instead of it being like a five star recruit or a four star recruit, he said it was two numbers. The first one was how many people in this person's either family or crew need to get paid and how much is it going to cost? So if the person has, you know, you're paying mom, dad, and the kid, then it's a three. The first number is a three. And then the second number, if it's $100,000, it's a hundred. So if a kid is, you know, like I just said, it's a three 100 kid. So 
that was really interesting to me how it's classified by these agents and by whoever else boosters, you know, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know what you guys want to make of this or, or what you think. Cause I think we all kind of knew a lot of this stuff happens, but, but some of the details are interesting here. Yeah. I, I, when I heard the, you know, the three, I think they quoted it in, or they said it on there, it's like a 370 guy or a five, 100 guy or whatever it was. I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, this, that's an amazing way to classify it. But the even better part was uh, when the the guy who called in, who said he was a former punter, before he revealed that he was a punter, he said he got a Tahoe, and then he, he was like, "Yeah, but it was like a used Tahoe." And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, he's like, yeah, I was a punter." And then everybody's like, "Oh, okay, that's why you got a used Tahoe." But still, like, these kids are getting stuff from these boosters. I mean, that that's just incredible. So is that how they classify the schools or the recruits? Those two numbers. The, the so like the recruit. Okay. Yeah. So like, gotcha. let's say somebody's recruiting you to play you know, to kick at Tennessee. I think that's where the, where the school was. It'd be like, all right, Kalen's a, a 370 guy. We got to take care of um, his dad, his mom, and then Kalen. And then basically the total payout would be $70,000. Okay. Oof. This is kind of, maybe I'm kind of going off the rails here a little bit, but with guys like Rashawn Gary saying that schools offered him 300K, what do you think his numbers would be? I mean, what he had is, I don't, I can't remember who was all in, uh, would be in that, in that group. But I mean, I'm sure he was in six figures. Had to be. He was a number one recruit, right? Like, yeah. yeah well, he I, turned down 300K. So it makes me go like, woof, what was that second number? <laughs> oof, I, I would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing is like with him saying that and he's like, I think he outed Clemson, I think it was when he said that, uh, he said Clemson offered me 300k. Okay, you out Clemson, but you're not going to just turn 300k down to go to Michigan for free. And I know we all we all want to think that Michigan's clean and everything like that, but I'm not going to make any speculations. But I think you can put two and two together there. <laughs> uh, well, that's an interesting story. Uh, make of it what you will, I guess. That's a uh, oof, but. We will move on from there. Uh, third down here. Should Nico Collins wear number one? My vote? Hell yeah. Any yep. any dissenters in here? No, I don't I'm I'm with you, man. He he is by far the best receiver. He's been the best receiver the past two well last year, maybe maybe the year before. But we always knew he was a stud. I mean he he looks like I think Roe commented on our post we threw up on Instagram. Um, with the edit that Brandon Brown put together of Nico with that number one on his jersey, he just looks like a Michigan wide receiver that would wear number one. He's earned it. Give it to him. Let's keep going with this uh, legacy of that number one jersey and the you know great wide receivers being able to um, don that on the field. Uh, I'm all for it, man. I am all for it. It'll get people excited. The first game of the season, you see Nico come out with the number one on his jersey. That I mean, the crowd would go insane. Yeah, I, I, the biggest thing is the look. You have to have the look of the the Braylon Ed, Braylon Edwards. The you know those guys are big dudes. They're big, tall receivers. Devin Funches, even um, you know these guys are. It, it's a certain look for it. But the thing that um, that stands out to me about wearing the number one that Nico has, he doesn't drop the ball. I think it was 2018 where he didn't have a drop pass all year. And then I think last year he maybe had a handful of drops. Um, that's one thing that is 
uh, is required as far as I know as to, to be able to wear the number one. I remember growing up and, and this is maybe a rumor, maybe not, but people always said like, if you drop the pass in Michigan football practice, you have to run a mile, something like that. Like, I, I don't know who knows if that's a real thing, but like, I think it's kind of the mantra around that number one Jersey. Um, and, and so he's got it. He's our, he's going to be our best receiver now for sure. Um, with Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones gone. Uh, he was our number one receiver last year and probably the year before as well, too. Um, but I think that he, you know, he's earned it now, especially in his, he's in his third year, I believe. Fourth year? Uh, fourth. Oh, is his fourth? Was he a I red shirt? So. No, I think he's a the, fourth, right? I, third or fourth year, yeah. Because so, last year so, was DPJ's third year, right? Right, that's true, yep. And they were the same class. Yeah, right? you're right. Um, so yeah, so that's the other thing is you have to stay for a while to earn that Jersey. Um, I do wish he, I I honestly wish he would have gotten it last year. Um, I think he earned it in 2018 and he should have had it last year because I, I, when I see a number one, I want to have it. Um, I want, I want that to be their sole number that you kind of see all the time. Um, and, and so especially even number four to number one, it's an easy transition too, right? Like I, I do, I do think he wears the number four well as too, well too. But um, I think the number one would be sweet on him, especially with maybe, maybe a stud quarterback throwing to him. Joe Milton. Whoa! Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, thought, I just wanted to say it before it came out of your mouth. You know. <laughs> I assume that's where you were headed. With yeah, that. I was going to say that. Thank you for leading me that way, Jack. You're welcome. <laughs> I want to take care of you any way I can. Well, whoever's throwing to Nico, they, they're going to know him because they're throwing to number one. That's the bottom line. Uh, moving on here, fourth down. Um, I read a story about a restaurant in Dayton, Ohio, called Urban's Pint House. And it is Urban Meyer's Restaurant. And inside the restaurant is all of his achievements. There's pictures of him with Tim Tebow. There's pictures of him with Ohio State. And, of course, it's Urban Meyer. He can't let a chance slip by. So he's got a whole bunch of anti-Michigan stuff in there, right? 7-0, and uh, you know, the score of the, his last game versus Michigan, all kinds of stuff. All the M's are blacked out on the menus. But that does bring an interesting question here. What should Harbaugh's restaurant be called? That's so tough. I can only think of negative names. <laughs> as much as I love Harbaugh, because I mean, it's it's if because it, we're talking about Urban Meyer, he's got their seven and zero room, right? Like when I think of that, I'm like, I mean, it could be zero and seven. I mean, I, I, you know, like <laughs> that's awful, right? But um, I don't know, man. I think it would have to be. I can't even remember what I thought of earlier, bro. You, if you've got a name, man, go for it. I'm I'm lost here. <laughs> well, I I think that I'm not sure if Harbaugh's restaurant would be quite as popular as urban Meyer's restaurant in Columbus. Um, yeah, he, it, it would be, it would almost be a mockery, right? As far as, you know, as <laughs> even as good as Harbaugh really is, and we know that he's a great coach, but just with, with what's going on with Ohio state, um, I, I mean, all I can think about is what, what, it, what is, uh, urban Meyer's name? What is the name of it? It's I called urban's pint house. Urban's Pint House. I feel like he could have came up with a better name too. He could have been like Urban Meyer's 
fuck Jim Harbaugh is, <laughs> or something like that. Like, well, I guess some place that already has some restaurants reached out to him and they like did a crossover restaurant, right? So gotcha. I don't know. Jim Harbaugh, he's just going to serve like big porterhouse steaks and ice and cold milk. glasses of milk. Cold, whole milk. <laughs> I, I mean, think all I've got is Har- Harbaugh's hut. Harbaugh, I don't know. Harbaugh's Barbaugh. How how sad is this that we can't even think of a name for his restaurant? Yeah, I mean, I'm lost. Because every, I'm everything, lost. everything, like you said, is all I can think of is negative things. Like, like I, I, I don't know, man. I call it Pizza House. <laughs> Rick, be, be an easy transition there. <laughs> but dude, I gotta give credit to Ohio State, man. If I was an Ohio State fan, I would go there constantly. They've got the M's blocked off. Like they they just embrace the rivalry and the hatred that they have for Michigan. And man, I guess we've talked about it before. I wish we did that here. I would yeah, love it. You are 100 percent right. They have embraced this is like the epitome of fully embracing the rivalry because you have nothing else and you live in Ohio. So like they just <laughs> this is where all their energy goes, right? But I also see that, and I'm like, oh man, I feel that same level of hatred. (laughs) Right. Why? So here's the thing. What I equate to that is like the Bengals and the Browns have been so bad for so long. This is all they have, right? Is Ohio State football. But we're at the point the Lions are bad, the Pistons are bad, the Tigers are bad, the Red Wings are bad. Can we all hate on Ohio State now? Like, can we can we move all that effort away from those professional teams towards Ohio State? Even Michigan State fans, come on, come on board, man. Let's go. We honestly, Michigan and Michigan State fans need to stop hating on each other at this point and just let's all shift our hate to Ohio State because it's obviously not like we're we've been beating up on each other for the last few years, but Ohio State's the one that wins the Big Ten every freaking year. Let's let's move something towards them. But also with Mel Tucker, I don't know if they're going to actually help us out much at all. So, yeah, I don't know that, about that. That was a yeah. that was a ricochet shot at MSU. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to end on a high note, right? We got to talk about the rival we can actually beat. Exactly. <laughs> and I actually, you know what? I have a hot take here. I have oh, a hot save take. it. You want to save it? We're about to for zero to ninety. Yeah, up to you. You can waste it now if you want. If you've got another one back up, ready to go. I've got, I've got two. I, I, oh, I feel like this almost, this almost should just be more of a topic because I don't think I can. The big thing is I don't think I can fit it in with thirty seconds. And if if you guys cut me off at thirty seconds, I'll be so pissed. Just keep talking. <laughs> just like keep talking. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I mean, I ramble. I'm like, I'm on the yeah. edge of my seat. Now I'm curious. Yeah. All right, here we go. If Tom Izzo, if his name was Jim Harbaugh, he would be absolutely shit on by everybody. He has one national championship in 26 years. Think about that. Even if Jim Harbaugh wins a national championship in 10 years, they'll say, wow, you, but you still couldn't beat Ohio State. Whatever, you still... Tom Izzo, I know he's got a lot of Final Fours. I know he has a lot of Big Ten championships. But how is he only squeaked out with the talent that he's had? How is he only squeaked out one national championship? Only two national championship appearances. 
So he's got like something like 10 final four appearances. Hasn't even gotten past that other than two times. So I think that Tom Izzo, and I actually respect Izzo because I think he's a good coach. But I think that he deserves more hate than he should because I don't know why Michigan's coaches get more shit than he does. Mm. Oh, I got to defend Izzo here, and I hate it. Oh he God. won. He did win a national title within his first five years. He did. And in basketball, you don't see things like what Alabama and Clemson are doing every year. There's basically a different team in the national championship final four every single year. So I think because it's basketball, I think that's a big reason. And yeah, like he's known for getting to final fours, which essentially is like the playoff. It's the final four teams. Um, so I, I honestly hate myself so much for saying this, but that's gotta be why, but he has, he has shit the bed with some very good teams. I mean, I'm, I actually am going against exactly what I said last year because, or last week, I mean, because last week I literally said that we can measure success in college basketball for Juwan Howard and John Beeline by final fours and not national championships. So I understand I'm, I'm hypocritical there, but all I'm saying is, okay, think about it. If, if Jim Harbaugh went to, you know, can we look it up? What, what's he, um, how many how many times has Izzo been to the Final Four? Because if Jim Harbaugh went to the college football playoff ten plus times, I know he's not going to be here for twenty six years, but ten plus times over his career in twenty twenty years and never made it to the national championship or only only won the national championship once, he would get absolutely shit on all the time. So why doesn't Izzo? That's my question. And there's hype. I feel like it's the hype too. Harbaugh was so hyped coming in. Where Izzo, I, I don't know if he was hyped back then because I could barely talk. Um, but I guess it looks like he had three straight Final Four appearances from 99 to 2001. So that would have been his fourth season, his second appearance. He won the title. Um, he got back, back to the national championship in 2009. I don't know, man. I I think it's uh, I think it's apples to oranges here. Yeah, it's a bit of a difficult comparison. You're kind of leaping across sports here, but I I appreciate the hate eight eight times, eight times Final Four. (laughs) I think it's ten, but all right. Is it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? This is coming from Wikipedia. You're right. You're right. Eight times. Ten time Big Ten regular season champs. I'm I'm just saying, like, I know that is that is he's got his accomplishments. And I know I'm on an island here. That's all right. <laughs> stranded on the island by I'm you are on an on island. The... You're on an <laughs> island with a bucket full of balls and a race car bed. Get out of here. <laughs> what a line. What a line. <laughs> Oh. All right, I'm, I'm done with my hot takes, but I, you know what? I'm going to keep up my anti-Tom Izzo takes because you know what he did do? He lost to Juwan Howard in year one when Juwan Howard wasn't even a head coach for six months, and Izzo is apparently a Hall of Fame guy. Juwan Howard, they're going to shit on Juwan Howard? Shove it. Everyone can <laughs> shove it. 
Let's leave on that high note. I like the that. passion. I love it. And you know what? <laughs> He's bringing the passion at the perfect time. We're going to move on to zero to 90. Ro, are you, are you seething right now? I'm fired up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. Oh, let me get the stopwatch out here. Oh, I'm going to switch sports. I'm going to switch back to sports, but um, here we go. All right. Your zero to 90 starts now. All right. Back to football. Cam McGrone and Aiden Hutchinson will be the two best players on the defensive side of the ball in the entire Big Ten. We are going to have a stud defense here, and those two guys are going to lead the whole team. It's going to be a Chase Winovich and Devin Bush type of duo. Good. That's a good Fire take. Fire me up. Fire me up. I love it. No disagreements here. Come on now. Come on. Give me give me some Dom Brown hype. Give me give me him. I, I think Cameron Grown's gonna be that guy. Aiden Hutchinson's already proved it. Come on now. Yeah, just play that clip right now of Dom Brown shouting in that Florida game. <laughs> They've gotta feel you. Oh god. <laughs> Goosebumps. Right. I, need, I end up setting that as my alarm in the morning. <laughs> I, I'm campaigning. I'm campaigning to the the people I know to have that played over the loudspeakers in Michigan Stadium next year. So if you so if you hear it, I mean all Ooh. credit goes to me. Just yeah. I just want to let you know that right I, now. I also just thought of a retail idea. We gotta get shirts and a hat made of like an outline. It's like Don Brown's mustache and then his Michigan hat, just like with that logo. They have to, and it says they have to feel you. I love. Oh God! (laughs) All right. Oh, that's a great idea. Now that we're gonna be millionaires, what do you guys want to do with our money? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. Next, next, uh, next episode, we'll figure out what what island we're buying. (laughs) Dude, I'm buying the fireworks for Michigan Stadium. (laughs) Yes. There we go. I love it. I love it. Check out the article at bluebuy90.com. Anyway. (laughs) All right, Keon. All right. Jack, your zero to ninety starts now. All right, we've heard a lot about breakout players for this coming season. We've heard Giles Jackson, we've heard Dax Hill. You know what? I put something up on our story today. Luigi Villain, your boy, Kalen, he will be a breakout defensive star next season. Oh man, I love that take. Best name on the team. The guy was a borderline five star. He just couldn't stay healthy in his legs. But man, I hope to see you. Dude, honestly, you know what I was thinking? I was watching that um that tape that um who God, what was the name of it? It was like this Detroit Sports Today or something. Um, put that up. And uh I was watching him run a little bit and I was like, he might look nice at the tight end. You know, Ooh. if he I think he'll be I think he'll be a great defensive end. I think he'll be great on the line, but if it doesn't work out, you know, switch him over to the offensive side of the ball. See what happens. He he looks good, man. He's quick, he's just he looks athletic. I think he could be a good asset there. That's an interesting take. I like it. I like it. That's getting creative. Mm-hmm. Sounds like our defensive side of the ball is going to be pretty damn good. We got a lot of talent there. Vincent Gray, another guy, man. He, he's a stud. Keep it rolling. Keep it All rolling. Right. All right, Kalen. I actually have a timer today, so uh, are you ready? Okay. I'm going to preface this one by saying if you're an OG listener – you will remember Nate talking about this a little bit, but I think I can give it a better spin. All right. All right. Kalen, you're zero to 90. Starts now. 
Okay, there's a team in Germany called Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga Soccer Club. They have what's called the Yellow Wall, and it is just a constant barrage of fan enthusiasm. We need that at Michigan, but it's the Maze Wall. It's literally people just standing there shouting the entire game. They like have huge murals that they like throw up over the whole crowd. This is like absolutely insane. Ro, I hope you put a clip of these guys over me talking. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to cut you off. You're good. You made it. You made it. I was, I was, I was probably gonna let you go. It got me, got me a little excited. <laughs> I, I love it though. That's that great. I, if you have not seen these guys, then this just sounds like whatever. But if you are watching a clip of this, it is unbelievable. This crowd is so loud and like players don't want to play there because the crowd is so into it and it's like so fun for the crowd. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm like excited thinking about doing this at Michigan Stadium. Honestly, you know what that kind of made me think of? You know how Penn State has um like when do the white out, they've got like the blue S in there or whatever. Um picture this. We do a maze out. Everybody but the student section is wearing maze. The student section has, they're wearing all blue except for the Maze M in there. How fucking cool would that look? I mean, that's that's amazing. I think they've, and they've plus, we done... always just see a mishmash of colors when it's in there. It's, it, it's awful. It's so true. So true. They have done, they, I think they've tried to do an M in the student section, but it never looks that great. But still, I'm, in, I'm all in on the, on the Maze wall here. All in. Yeah. Maze okay. wall. You just put you don't want to come here. Put him at each end zone. <laughs> okay, with that. If, if there was a president of the Make the Big House Loud Again fan club, it's Kalen here. He's got the best ideas. That was part three. I forgot to say it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys got anything else? I'm good. I'm all out of hot takes here. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, you can check us out at Blue by 90 on Instagram and Twitter and at Blue by 90 podcast on YouTube. Um, other than that, go blue.